let's start with the, the cycling. So what kind of cycles? So suppose I do want to build some muscle, right? Or actually, that's true. So I want to build muscle or I want to get rid of fat. Are those mutually exclusive? And would I, what kind of cycling would I use? What kind of time frame? Yeah, it's a great question. So somebody's goal is to build a lot of lean body mass. And like Wade, when he was, you know, obsessed with bodybuilding and I was obsessed as well as a teenager, then having one primary objective, which is, hey, let's build as much lean body mass as possible, is, is the way to go. However, when you look at the scientific literature on excess calories in, an, in a muscle building cycle, the a lot of people, what we used to do, which was a massive mistake, is be at a thousand calorie surplus or even more. So people just overeating, and what happens is, yes, you're building lean body mass, but you're also adding all this excess body fat that then you have to fight with later down the line. And I mean, again, Wade and I both made those mistakes. So now what people tend to do is, what's the minimum amount of calorie surplus do I need to be in in order to build lean body mass? And we recommend 300 to 500. It seems like to break homeostasis, which is one of the key concepts we talk about in the book. And I think it's true for both fat loss or for muscle building. It seems you need to be in about a 300 calorie difference. In other words, if you're in a calorie deficit of only 150 calories, your body's going to adapt to that. And if you're in a calorie surplus of only 150 calories, it's not going to be enough to truly trigger anabolic growth. Now, one of the strategies we talk about in the book is well, what if you're in a calorie surplus for five days a week? You're training, you're training properly, you know, resistance training, training hard enough. But then for two days, you're in a slight deficit. Is it possible that you're going to recomp? In other words, you're spending five days muscle building and two days you're losing body fat. Because in terms of body fat, you know, you will gain, maintain, or lose based on your weekly calorie or weekly energy balance. So if we, if we can maintain an energy balance on a weekly perspective, we can, again, maintain our body fat. Of course, if we're in a deficit, we'll lose. But we can spend five days you know, adding an extra 300 to 500 calories and building muscle during that time. And, and we call that, or people call that strategy, recomping, where you're you know, you're achieving recomposition of your body weight. So your body weight tends to stay the same, but you're adding lean muscle tissue and you're losing body fat, quote unquote, simultaneously. And we recommend that for people that want to maybe gain five to 15 pounds of lean body mass. If somebody, somebody has more than that to lose in terms of body fat or to gain in terms of lean body mass, then more hyper-focused long-term cycles are necessary. And one caveat to that, if you're middle-aged, you haven't worked out in your life, get a proper trainer to design a program that's based on you. You might have some physiological limits and stuff. Don't just download any internet program, you know, get some specifics around your physiology. But the second thing is, is your first three months to six months 
you're going to gain muscle from weight training almost with any program. Just make sure it's safe. And that's really what you're getting a professional to do. Make it safe so that you're not damaging yourself. The other thing is, is also that you have the confidence if you're going into a gym environment, let's say, a lot of people are averse to those environments and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel foolish. I'm older. You know, all these young people are looking good. I'm looking like the old fool or whatever. You got to get past that. And someone with a trainer, we did this for years, Matt and I, when we were personal trainers, all of a sudden the gym takes, it, it reduces all the friction, reduces all the anxiety. You're confident in what you're doing. You're doing an exercise that's right for you. You've got someone that's motivating you. And that gives you supreme levels of confidence. And that confidence allows you to stick with it long enough that you actually see the results. And when you start to see that you can change how your body looks, how your body feels, and your functional performance, guess what? You are hooked. You are going to get into it. And then what you the, the caveat is to that stick with it for a year. And if you need someone, if you need to pay someone to be at the gym with a trainer to keep you on that, to keep you motivated in that confidence zone, invest that money because that's going to pay you for decades. The literature all says that if you stick with weight training for a year, even if you go away from it, you will deviate back because the loss of quality of life when you leave it is so significant you you're always thinking i want to get back to that and that's something we noticed as trainers so when it comes to weight training if you haven't done it stick with it for the long term get professional help and you're going to get a lot of benefits and that extra muscle let's say you add you know five to ten pounds of muscle to your body this is going to make change the the trajectory of your lifespan significantly and the ability to maintain that muscle it's it's 20% of the effort that it took to build it. Yeah. So whatever it takes that three months, six months, a year that you got to focus on it, it's only 20% to maintain it afterwards. Yes. What should we measure? So we, we've got a diet and we say, okay, we're, we're going to build muscle, right? Um, should I be looking at uh, performance in the gym? Should I be looking at the DEXA scan? Should I be just measuring my waist or looking at my weight? How, how, what would you set as like a target? Well, yeah, Dax, the, go ahead. I'll give the cheap and then I'll queue it up for like the, the pro version. You know, the, the cheapest, easiest way to measure things at home is weight and a measuring tape. You need the combo because obviously mm. if you're gaining weight, we don't know what the quality of the weight is. Could be fat, could be muscle tissue, could be intestinal bulk, who knows, right? Now, when you're using weight with a measuring tape, well, now you have context. Now, if your bicep increased by two centimeters, that's, you know, very rarely would that be fat. I mean, usually it is going to be muscle tissue. And especially if you're measuring waist and hips, which is where most people tend to add body fat, if those measurements are staying about the same, but your, your chest is growing, your legs are getting bigger, your biceps getting bigger, your shoulders are getting bigger, then undoubtedly you're adding lean body mass. But I'm queue up Wade because Wade's, you know, done all of them, including DEXA and photos and all these things. Yeah. So I do DEXA and photos in, in conjunction to that. So number one, I weigh myself at the same time every day. 
first thing in the morning to to keep an eye on how what I did yesterday is influencing me. Did I not eat? Was I fasting? Was I feasting and went out with my friends and, you know, scarfed down a 12 inch pizza and a couple bags of chips and drank mad amounts of kombucha or something? You know, and I, I can see the impact of my behavior and I have a quick gauge of that really quickly and never things never get out of control. The second thing from a longevity perspective, and that's really important what you brought up, if you're looking at that, why, and, and you know, even if you do this once or twice a year with a DEXA scan, you're going to look at some critical factors that a DEXA scan provides that other things don't. Lean body mass, it's extremely accurate around that, as well as body fat percentages. Your body fat percentage is going to be higher on a DEXA than other areas because it's going to be able to measure fat that calipers can't have. Right. You know, some of the, the fat that's internally, that's not pinchable fat. And that's the oftentimes the stuff that you need to be aware of, especially for cardiovascular health. And then another key element, which is so deep, and I think it's underestimated around that, and that's bone density, particularly for women. When women go through menopause, um, often there's a correlative drop in lean body mass, but particularly bone mass. And that can serve a, a massive amount of problems. First, it starts with facial degeneration, but also starts to put at risk, you know, breaking of bones and tissues. Then the older that you get, you know, if you look at the life expectancies tables for a person that has a fall after the age of 70, it's horrific, like it breaks their hip. Very few people live longer than a year after that. And that's because they reduce their movement so much. So movement on a regular basis is the key element and bone density and muscle mass and body fat around that. Now, I also take pictures. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. It is also a picture doesn't lie. So what is the standards of taking a picture? And a picture is do it in the same place with the same lighting at the same angle every time. And if you're really focused on it, you do it on a two week basis. Like, you know, if, let's say you're in a transformative component, two weeks is enough to see a change. Um, and it's enough to offulate the day-to-day, -day, you know, variance. Um, more than that's, you know, it, unless you're a competitive athlete or something, it's probably too often. And I would say at least once a month, do that. You know, at least once a month, because what happens is a little subconscious checkouts. If you're, you know, I think I'm okay. You know, I, I guess I'll give you an example of this that happened to me recently. I went home for the holidays. It's Christmas. We don't believe in evil foods. Mom's baking up the stolen bread. I'm having it, you know, for breakfast with things I don't normally eat. You know, dad wants to have chips during the hockey game. I don't watch hockey. I don't eat chips. Yeah, go ahead. Like, you know, like, I love those things. So we're just eating chips. I'm eating the stuff that I don't do. I'm having the Christmas, you know, treats and social occasions. They're giving me some chocolates and stuff. And I'm not doing any of those things. It's three weeks, three short weeks. I get mm -hmm. back and I look at my DEXA scan. Guess what? I'm eight pounds up. Mm -hmm. Now, I looked at the mirror. I thought, I don't look that much different. Boom. I get home and I'm like, wow, I look that much different. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, that they're, they're our minds are not good regulators of our past. They're just not. And so these things can be very helpful, but I love the DEXA scan. 
um, on those particular markers for longevity. I think it's unparalleled and it's cool tech. Right. So I actually did a DEXA scan recently. It seems to put um, lean mass in with kind of bone mass it, 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 as a single element. How do you kind of separate them out? Well, it, it does actually, what you have to do inside of that is you have to look at your lean body mass report. So let's say it said you had 150 uh, pounds of lean body mass, and then it'll give you the the bone mass, mm-hmm. which will be say, let's say it was seven point, or let's say it was eight, eight pounds of bones, just for thing. So that means you have 158 pounds of lean body mass, not the 150 that'll do it. So it does kind of, and right. all you have to do is do the calc. When you do the calculation that uh, the initial thing is if you do it on a calculator, it doesn't come out, but you got to add the bone mass in to get the right numbers. So, and, and that bone mass going up and down is really critical. And also another, another thing that's baked in there, baked in there is all of our organs so really, if you take out organs, you take out bone, you take out skin, most people don't have that much muscle tissue. And mm-hmm. the DEXA scan doesn't really separate all of those out, unfortunately. There's another caveat with that. And I prove this as a, a sidebar because I, I get really into the mechanics of this. If I fast and do like a detox program, I can drop my lean body mass by five to eight pounds. And that's simply the loss of glycogen and water inside the tissue. And if I go into it and then I have a feast the day before, I can increase my lean body mass by about the same amount, like for usually at least five pounds. In fact, the biggest variance I was able to to detect was seven pounds on the plus side and 10 pounds on the negative side. Okay, so that's why consistency is important. I took those stats to someone who is in a facility who does Mm -hmm. this, and I told them beforehand, I'm gonna show you how I'm gonna gain seven pounds of muscle in a day. They didn't believe me, I did the test, back to back, I showed them. Then I said, I'm gonna show you how I'm gonna lose all that muscle mass in a day. And I did it again, and they were shocked so there are ways to game the system, <laughs> you know, uh, intestinal bulk. I'm not sure how it weighs that, um, but I do see oftentimes it distributes that as lean body mass when actually it's just intestinal bulk. Okay. Yeah. So there are, yeah. there are some ways to game those things that I think people do. Right. Except, I mean, if you want to measure, you don't want to game it. You just want to get the, the right result. So um yeah, so you don't want to be too hydrated, or, or at least you don't want to have too much glycogen sitting around. Well, in, to say that too, I think a lot of people, more than actually getting the result, they want to validate their theory. Mm. <laughs> so there's a real hard, you know, all science has to recognize it. Cognitive bias is legit and real, and we all feel like we're the expert in ourselves, and we're the smartest person in the room, and we have some theories, and we and we tend to want to prove those theories, and that's why there's a residual hangover in all of science right now because people don't want to actually challenge their own biases. All science is simply a model. It's the it's not the absolute truth. It's the it's the best model we have right now. And that's how we approach this book. 
we approach this book is not everything in here may be correct. It's correct given the information that we have now, but we're always open to integrate that. And that's why there'll be new additions five years from now and stuff as, as science changes. And that's what real science is about. Real science is about, hey, I'm always trying to disprove what I believe.